up, slop muffin? Mm, yeah. So, basically, uh, from what I understand, um, it was not the Rona. Um, no, no Rona. That you know of. That I know of. All right, fair enough. I I was a little little concerned about you yesterday. I mean, but the thing is, if you had the Rona, like, like let's say you thought you had the Rona, and you went to get a test, right? Well, there's been so much with these tests that all of them keep failing or fucking up or whatever. Like, how would you even know if you could trust the test? Like, if it came back negative, you could still have it, and you just have a test result that says you didn't have it. Okay, Donald. I get it. I will know I'm blaming Donald. It's his fault. <laughs> it's true. Everything is his fault. I, you know what might be easier this week? What's maybe, that? maybe we just do a list of people who, sh- who don't need to eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> you know, at- Hey, fighting around. You ready? Go. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> the rest of you fucks can eat a dick. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's getting pretty pretty short uh as far as that list goes um it's it's really frustrating to say the least yeah i mean and i like i actively looked this week right I, after our last uh, episode, after our last recording, I made it a point that I was going to go out and I was going to find, you know, some positive something out there in the world that, that I could talk about and say, hey, look at this person is, uh, yeah, no, fuck it. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing good in the world. Nothing good in the world left. No. No. Nothing at all. (sighs) Well, here's a drink to that, at least. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I had to... uh, I had to drink alone last night. Because I didn't have you. So... So what happens when you get old? The drinking alone? Um, well, up until I met you, yes. But no. Um, the, <laughs> the, the just being old and not being able to, you know, go multiple days on end without sleep anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, sh- shit. Even for me like the drinking today was well actually i take that back today wasn't really that rough um the the worst part about today and and most days um again because i'm old my body for whatever reason that that internal clock or whatever it is doesn't allow me to sleep past, I don't know, like 
six o'clock in the morning if I'm lucky, right? And so it's like, last night I was drinking, I was up late, and I thought to myself, oh, for sure, like, I'll be able to sleep in until 7.30, 7, maybe, if I'm lucky. No, definitely not. Ass crack of dawn, I am awake, I'm stirring, I can't fall back asleep, doesn't matter. Um, and so today it, it was none of the effects of drinking. It was the fact that my stupid body woke me up and didn't allow me to get more than a few hours of sleep. <sighs> Getting old, man. I wish I had that problem. I have like the opposite problem. My body won't let me go to bed before like four in the morning anymore. <laughs> this but see, no, I mean, but see, I, but then can you can you sleep though? Like if if you go to bed at four four thirty five o'clock, are you up again at eight, or are you sleeping until noon? No, no, I'm sleeping. I am passed the fuck out at that point. I wish. It's like the body since since this whole quarantine lockdown bullshit started. Uh, my my body has gotten on this cycle where it's just like yep you're gonna be up all night and you're gonna fucking sleep all day you're gonna be like a like a teenager again for no fucking good reason at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i just i got a a couple of days where i was working because some of the developers i work with right are in uh um oh i don't know over in china and and in that area where we're you know, a 12 or 14 hour time difference from here, right? But basically places that have COVID under control is what you're saying. I mean, everywhere's got it better than us. (laughs) So true. I mean, Florida, Florida is just, it's, it's proof that Republicans are wrong about everything. Literally everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, so, so I started out and it was like, well, you know, who cares? Like I'm, I'm at home anyway, right? This is my job. I'm at home. Like if I need to be up in the middle of the night to, to do developer meetings or whatever, like who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh, but then now my body just will not shift back from that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've tried. I mean, I've tried the melatonins and stuff and, and tried to, to shift myself back, but it's like just nothing. Uh, you know, my, my body is still like, no, you are not ready for bed yet. You're not sleeping. Uh, and then when I do fall asleep, it's like you are fucking asleep. And I don't care if the house is on fire and there's a fire truck blowing a siren in your ear. You're fucking dead to the world. Yep. I yep, I wish I really wish I had that problem. I do. It'd be so nice. But nope. Okay. So life sucks, sleep sucks. There's nothing good in the world but Bernie Sanders. How's how's a- things with you? <laughs> <laughs> 
that is a wrap. Yep. That's that's just the end of the show right there. Just forever sign off and and never never come back cuz nothing's good. Nothing's good. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I have been I've been no. I've been living more in this millennial space, right? Like okay. uh checking checking out all the things on the YouTubes and 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 uh I got to say uh, I, I still think they're like, they've got a much better handle on this than we do. You know, even my, uh, my oldest who is, uh, just about 12 and a half, he and his younger brother, uh, y- you know, they're, they're boys, they're brothers. They love to fight, they love to agitate, they love to, you know, just be weird and goofy, right? Like, that that's that's the stage that they're at, and they're both boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and tonight, he comes out, um, I'm, I'm watching a little bit of the, uh, the sports ball game on, on TV, and... Sports ball is back? Uh, sports ball... Yeah, sports ball is back. So, uh, sports puck isn't back yet. Uh, that's not for another few days. But sports ball is back. Um, but so he comes out and they they're you doing their usual jabber back and forth, and they're kind of pushing and shoving each other around. And he's like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! Hang on, hang on a second. And he, he makes his brother stop, and he, he takes his shirt, and he pulls it up over his head like he is going to take his shirt off. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're going all WWE on your brother here, and you're going to, like, rip the shirt off and pile drive him through a table? Like, what what's happening? And so he, he pulls the shirt. Right, like the neck of the shirt up around his head, and he he gets it up around the top of his head, and he pulls his face through. Right, so his face is the only thing showing through the neck of the shirt. So we're like like cornholio here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But okay. instead of but instead of any cornholio references, he takes a step back. And he extends out his his arm with his finger pointing, and he starts going, "Hey, look at me! I'm a Karen, and I'm gonna report you." And I'm like, <laughs> I, I absolutely lost it. I was just like, "What? Where? What? Huh? What? Uh? But." You know, he is—he's one of these TikTok kids. You know, he's still technically in that that tween space, and um, you know, over the weekend, uh, him and his uh, pal from down the street, who they will—you know—they'll go ride their bikes together and just kind of hang out in the the neighborhood and be outside and stuff like that. 
they were filming him on his bike trying to film a TikTok video where he was riding his bike and as as the video was being recorded he he was saying one of the lines from the Simpsons um and it was you remember the the duff duff man the the duff beer guy who's yeah, always got the sunglasses on and all that and so he's like he's saying something about like i am duff man and i am here to refill your beer <laughs> and like they kept doing this thing over and over right this this pair of 12 year olds on their phones trying to record this tiktok and so he's riding his bike and he says it but as he does it he's running into my garage with his bike like and crashing right so the whole point of the joke is they're filming this i am duffman and i am here to refill your beer crash right and then he crashes and you know it's just like that is the type of thing that i think about when i think about the the vine millennial or the twitter millennial or the tiktok millennial right that that's the that's the first thing that comes to mind but i got a behind... little surprised that you let your kids do that i <laughs> You know, the the thing is, this quarantine has made us all do a bunch of crazy shit, right? No, I mean, I'm like, I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with, with doing it or letting your kids do it or whatever. But I just, I like, I am too, like, paranoid to let my kids put themselves out on the internet like that. Yeah, it's... It's one of those things that we have had to have a couple of different talks about, you know, the internet in general. And, I, you know, I guess, you know, when we were growing up, right, it was about chat rooms and sure. IMing with people and, you know, things like that where... Um, it it's changed a bit now. Like the principle are the same, right? But uh, the mediums are totally different, right? Those chat rooms don't exist anymore. It, in in that way, you know, AOL Instant Messenger is long since dead, right? Yeah. But you have the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks, all of that kind of stuff. Um, that goes along with it. And it started early enough for us because when when my oldest was maybe in, like, first grade or something, he started playing Minecraft. And he had started getting online with uh, a couple of his friends from school at the time right and so then he wanted to do 
this version of Minecraft and he wanted to install these different mods and stuff like that. And it would allow them to join these servers and all of this kind of stuff. And it, it very quickly dives down into this area of like, okay, there, there could be some CD shit going on here. Right. Um, and you know, with a game like that, you'd, you'd like to think that, Oh, everything is all good and well, but that's not always necessarily the case. Um, and so this has been, it's been less of a, like, sit down and have a birds and bees type conversation as it's been a constant narrative, right? Okay. Um, and so, um, you know when it when it comes to all of that stuff because at at that point in order to set him up properly and not have it fuck with a whole bunch of my stuff um what we did at that point was set up a separate email address just for him okay. and when it comes to the email address to the phone to um you know, his iPad, whatever, right? Like, all of that stuff, which, like, he doesn't even have the iPad anymore. That's been passed down to little brother and stuff like that. But, you know, the the parts of that that go along with it are, you know, whatever whatever the thing is, whether it's the email account, whether it's the phone, whether it's whatever other accounts that he's got, is that we also have the password for it, right? Yeah. And if we don't, or if we find out that it's been changed and we can't get access to it or whatever, right? Like, all of that stuff immediately goes away, right? Like, all of okay. those rights and privileges are gone. And so... You know, call it Big Brother, call it totalitarian state, like whatever you want, doesn't matter, right? He's underage. We still keep an eye on all of that stuff. And so, you know, going along with that is then to also have the refresher talks um, as we go along about, you know, the people that are out there, you know, if anybody ever is asking for personal information what's your address what's your phone number what you know uh you know go get me your parents credit card number like whatever you know like there's all sorts of stuff that's out there um that if if we would have waited until two weeks ago to sit him down and have that conversation right uh, it it would be a very I I feel like it would be a very different outcome from. You know this this is what he was raised in, right? Like the, yeah. it's just the world to them at this point. Um, everybody growing up, they they don't know what it's like to have a phone hanging on the wall in the kitchen. And the only way that your friends can contact you is to call the home phone number and ask your parents if you're there and if you could talk, right? Like they don't know what that world is. It just doesn't exist. So 
you know, with but all also, this other stuff. So you look at it and you say, well, you know, when I was their age, I did a lot of dumb shit. Like dumb, dumb shit. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's not preserved on the Internet for posterity, you know. Um, I don't have to worry about videos of my dumbass as a kid coming back to haunt me. True. True. Yep. Nope. That, that is and I, know, a... I, mean, I, I yep. get what you're saying though. I, I do, you know, my kids came to me and they said, Oh, we want to make a, a YouTube channel. Right. And mm-hmm. my gut reaction was, no, what are you fucking like? You make a YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, what the fuck are you thinking? Why would you even ask me something that dumb? Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it's cool. But but you make uh, podcasts with with Uncle Cupcake. That's what we call you here, Uncle Cupcake. Uh, why why can't we have a YouTube channel? Um, <laughs> and and I just I couldn't bring myself to to sit down with them and just have that talk of like. Look, if if this is what you want to do, like, okay, you know how much how much are you really going to get up to, right? Like, you're going to mm-hmm. film some dumb crap and put it on YouTube, and probably no one's ever going to watch it. Like, nobody ever listens to our show. Doesn't oh. matter. Man. But if someone contacts you and says they're a U.S. senator. Um, you know, maybe ask which state they're from before playing Minecraft with them, you know? <laughs> if it's a congressman, always ask if it's Matt Gates first, you know? <laughs> like, how do you have that conversation with your kids when, when not, not only a, a sizable portion of our country is now, uh, pro child molester um but but our our president himself is saying that uh you know someone who is known to have facilitated human trafficking of minors is a good person that he's met multiple times and that he wishes her nothing but the best mm-hmm. like nothing how, but the best how do you have that conversation yep like, i agree and I give my kids every benefit of the doubt of, of being very smart and very capable of, of understanding things and understanding nuance. But how do you tell them, look, uh, there's this whole group of people and they're actually in power right now um, and, and they're pro-kitty diddlers, you know, like... That's something I feel like as a parent, I kind of have to just shield them from until we ride through that wave, hopefully, you know? Yeah, and... Just hope that someday it gets better. I don't know, but... And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but, you know... but, But I also see your point of, like, look, this is the world they grew up in and you just got to continue to have the conversation. Like, I get that too. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, there, there, oh, so many, so many points to cover here. 
Um, number one, I I would love to believe that. Well, you know, we just gotta we just gotta get these guys out of power, and you know, things can return at least to some sort of normalcy in the world, right? And to a certain point, it is it's it you you can't you can't close Pandora's box, right? Like that it's already been opened. And even well, that's why if all of these fucking Joe Biden back in fucking douchebags, like fuck all of you. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go to a world where I don't have to worry about fucking predators going after my kids. You know, uh, I, I want to go I back agree. to a world where our president knows it's wrong. But I also want to go back to a world where, you know, we actually do things about it before uh, it, it becomes something where the president can endorse it. Yeah, but the the problem is, or one of one of the many problems, are that this country in particular has never done anything before it becomes a problem, right? It has always been a one hundred percent reactive not proactive right uh a a reactive nation and that's that's exactly why so many people are afraid of bernie are afraid of liz are afraid of aoc right like because instead of tackling things head-on and looking at the future this country is filled with a bunch of narcissistic, completely self-centered, self-serving, don't care about anyone other than themselves and what's going on right now for them that fuck the children, fuck the grandchildren. They don't give a flying fuck. And it's the number one problem with the boomers, right? They fucking blew up everything and they have no goddamn remorse about it and any progress that we have made they're more than willing to you know secede that back and and just be like nope fuck it make america great again like fuck you america wasn't great except for you yuppity ass you know middle and upper class white people that reaped the benefits off of everybody else in order to make your lives as cushy as they were right and so i i too would would love to be in that position where I could like truly be excited about the candidate and be out there knocking on doors and, you know, talking it up and sharing 
you know, talking points and whatever I possibly could. And I definitely don't get that from Biden. But at the same time, I look at the spiral that we've been in for the last four years and to have my children go through this formative portion of their lives with this spray-painted orange ass clown in the White House. I I was going to say leading the country, but he sure as shit has not been doing that because he's been too busy fucking golfing every weekend. It's like, it's just goddamn embarrassing. And I just don't, I just don't want to be... I, I don't, I, at this point, I am so beaten down and maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe this was the plan all along, right? Was to get so beaten down that, you know, creepy, sleepy, plain old Joe seems just fine at this point, right? Well, and that, that's the problem. I mean, in my mind, right, I've, I've really, I've distilled it down and you, you, you can do this with almost any issue, but we'll we'll take uh, the pedo issue because that's the topic we happen to be on. You know, on one hand, you've got a candidate who is pro-pedophile, by his own words, pro-pedophile. And on the other hand, you've got a candidate who maybe isn't like outspokenly pro-pedophile, but his stance is, well, let's just go back to the way it was where, you know, the pedophiles were kind of swept under the rug and they did their own thing, but they were out of the mainstream. And how the fuck am I supposed to get excited about voting for either of those? But you can you can break that same thing down for almost any topic. You know, you've got a president who is pro-put every immigrant in jail uh, and torture them and take away their children and probably take their children and give them to someone who's a human trafficker uh, to go turn them into other pedophiles. And then you've got a candidate who's like, you know, let's not lock them up, but let's also not fucking do anything for them to make the situation better. We'll just go back to the way it was. Well, the way it was fucking sucked. It didn't work. Yep. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to go back to what it was. I want to go somewhere where everything isn't shit. I'm, I'm tired of picking between two shit sandwiches and, and, you know, being like, Ooh, this one has a little more nutty texture. Let's, let's go with that. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> This episode of Eat a Bag of Dicks is brought to you by, well, us. Hi everybody, it's Ron here. Look, getting a new show up and off the ground is not easy. We don't have any real sponsors at this point, but 
still doesn't hurt to throw in a little shameless self-promotion. Greg and I have no plan to kid ourselves into turning this stuff into a full-time gig, but there are still costs associated with getting this podcast and the other stuff we're going to do off the ground. Wait, what's that you say, Ron? Other stuff? You bet your sweet ass there's going to be more. But at this point, you can interact with us on most of the different media platforms at Eat a Bag Podcast. You can get a hold of us on Twitter. We have a dedicated subreddit, a Discord, eatabagpodcast.com, or plain old email, eatabagpodcast at gmail.com. And for those of you that are the most generous of all, we've set up a Patreon at patreon.com slash eatabagpodcast to help support the costs of hosting and publishing the show. And the other stuff coming in the future, too, of course. Once again, that's patreon.com slash eatabagpodcast. Thanks again to, well, us for sponsoring our own show. Now, back to it. And this is why, so, so I, I surrounded myself, right, in this, uh, this culture of, of millennial, like, you know, let's, let's jump on the YouTubes and whatever and let's, let's try to piece it all together, right? Like, how are they coping with this? And the truth is, I have no idea. I really don't. I mean, I think we came from from a, a situation where we looked at it like, okay, the boomers are going to die eventually. And Gen X was such a ridiculous disappointment that they're all going to be baristas forever. Um, but maybe we can step in and like... Uh, you know, that's that's the chance for, for the exchange, right? And and thinking that there would be some kind of exchange between the boomer generation and our generation as they start to die off. You know, our generation would start to ascend the corporate ladder and, you know, change could be affected in that manner. Um, and and I think maybe that's, that's the flaw in our logic, right? Um, because the first thing, is that if horror movies have taught me anything, it's that if something truly is terrible or the devil, it's immortal and it's going to keep coming back. Fuck you, Karen. Um, and we're going to be saddled with it forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, boomers are like the fucking Freddy Krueger of the world. They just, they won't, they, they're old and they're disgusting and their skin is all peeling off and all they want to do is diddle kids and... And no matter how many times you blow them up in a boiler explosion, the fuckers keep coming back. Uh, and they will always come after you in a dream, no matter what. Right. You can't do anything about it. Um, and so I think that maybe where the millennials have, have a leg up or, or a better idea is that they, there's a lot of who gives a fuck about what the boomers had and what they're doing. Uh, we're going to build a thing that we want to build over here. And eventually you're going to die out. Um, and maybe that's just, maybe that's a smarter way to go. You know, maybe, maybe they figured it out that way that they're going to do the thing that they want to do. Um, you know, and there's certainly, certainly there is less embarrassment uh, amongst that generation um, than say our generation, right? Um, I'm sure they talk about, oh, this is cringy or whatever. 
Um, but they, you know, someone does something, they're like, oh, cringe, and they move on, right? Um, yeah, and I, I, one thing I want to point out about that that has always really stood out to me re- regarding millennials and, and quite frankly, impressed me is that the the ability to call out um, other people's dumb fuckery, right? And and it it's not that it's not that the millennials don't have any shame, but it's it's I would have to say that they have a lot less shame right or they for they what they they process it differently they you know um they they do and it it's i don't think it's that they don't have shame it's that no i think some of the things that our generation was like we were ingrained that this is something you should be ashamed of they don't feel ashamed of those things right and 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 not even not even necessarily like ashamed or but like um you know you you don't talk about it right like when yeah. when i was growing up and i was going through my depression and i had to take medication and go talk to a psychologist and things like that the, those things were things that happened behind a closed door right like you, yeah, you still went to do it, right? Because y- you go even further back and, and you know, maybe Gen X was kind of split, but like as the boomers, right? Like you didn't, you know, what's this newfangled psychology, psych, you know, psychiatrist? I'm not, no, no, that's just, that's voodoo <laughs> magic. I'm not doing any of that, right? And it And then it gets to this point of where, okay, yeah, you're you're doing this kind of stuff, right? You, you need to you have to go talk to somebody. You have to take medication, whatever it is, but you still don't talk about it, right? That's it's still a private matter, right? It's just something that you're going through, and it's not something to talk about with other people. That kind of thing. And no, in Where, our generation, if you went to a psychiatrist, you may as well have been the fucking Kennedy sister. <laughs> but yeah, so it's but. And and that's that's what I'm getting towards with with millennials and and shame in in that way, right? Where it it's like all of these things have been systematically beaten into generation after generation. Well, you're not manly enough if you know if you don't do this or you don't do that or well a woman would never a a lady never does this you know like all of that stuff they have no shame in in breaking those walls down right and and that's more of what i'm getting to versus like you know that they don't feel shame at all because oh, absolutely, yeah. I think it's still there. But that's that was the point I was trying to get to, is that, you know, they... You want to talk about eating a shit sandwich, right? Like, you and I are are right on that bubble as it, as, as it relates to things like, you know, take 
both of our student debts that we have to pay, right? The amount of money that we had to pay to put ourselves through school. But, you know, like, that's something that you and I can instantly, today, at this very moment, relate with every single millennial who wanted a higher education, right? That didn't have the the golden spoon, you know, that they were born with, right? And so those types of things that previously would have been, oh, we don't talk about it. Oh, that's behind closed doors. Uh, uh, a lady never or, a, you know, oh, well, a manly man wouldn't do that. You know, like all of those types of things, the, the majority of millennials have no problem breaking down all of those walls. And, and that's why I think, like to me, it that's what made it so apparent that someone like Bernie appealed so much to them, right? Because even to this day, he is still out there being an advocate, you know, talking to people, getting out there on Twitter, calling bullshit on people, right? Like, just because he is not going to have the nomination, unfortunately, does not mean that he's not still out there trying to help and push things forward and make a difference, right? I just, and the sad thing is, I mean, I look, I look at that particular situation and I think, well, who else is there, is there going to be, right? I mean, sure, maybe in four years we can mount an AOC or something, right? Right. Um, but, but what other option is there? I mean... No, I agree. It, it, it's... It was. As soon as she pulled that sexist bullshit with Bernie... It was like, all right, well, you are just a fucking dumb bitch, um, and wow. fuck you, you know? Wow. No, no, seriously, fuck her for that. Like, forget her. She had absolutely no business pulling that bullshit. It was dishonest, and she knew it, and it didn't help anyone. It didn't help her, didn't help Bernie, didn't hurt Bernie, it didn't help her campaign or her cause or anything. It was just, it was a ploy to try and use gender to, you know, to, to try and exploit her gender to get ahead and fuck that. Uh, no, like I have no problem with a woman being uh, president, but I would much rather see AOC as president than Elizabeth Warren any day. I can't, I can't take that level of bullshit. Like, if you want to have real conversations about uh, gender roles in America, fine. I'm all for that. If you want to have real conversations about, you know, wage and earnings and how women are treated in society, that's fine. Like, I am all for that. I think those are big issues that as a nation, we need to collectively come together and say, you know what, the way boomers have been doing things is not right. Um, and we should do them differently going forward. I agree with that a thousand percent, but don't 
fucking come and cry wolf to me and expect me to believe that Bernie Sanders, who has spent his entire life out advocating for women being president, advocating against the system as it is, trying to progress our politics, is somehow magically uh, a misogynistic asshole behind the scenes. Like, that, that doesn't fit in any way. We have every evidence out there to show that that's not true. Um, and she should be ashamed of herself for ever having pulled that bullshit. I love it when you go off. Sorry, but there, there are just some things like, look, I expect Matt Gates to be Matt Gates. Okay. I expect him to be Florida man. I expect Trump to be Trump. You know, there, there are certain things, right? You, you look at it and you just say, look, this guy is a sleazy, worthless douchebag. And I expect that he's going to be a sleazy, worthless douchebag. Elizabeth Warren came out and by, by all appearances, right, she seemed to be someone who was a progressive candidate, maybe not as popular as Bernie Sanders, um, but a progressive candidate um, in that same vein, or that's the way she marketed herself. Um, and then to have her turn around and pull some bullshit like that is, to me, that's a bigger betrayal you know, uh, than just being Trump, right? Because I already expect Trump to be a worthless piece of shit. But Elizabeth Warren, you know, she positioned herself to be someone who, like, if she hadn't gotten the nomination and Bernie had gotten the nomination, like, before that, I would have thought, there is a great running mate for him. You know, I mean, I was always behind Bernie. I always thought, you know, he was my pick, right? But I thought to myself, she would make a, a good running mate for him. She is, uh, you know, her political ideologies uh, lean in the right direction. Um, she may not have as much notoriety or, or as strong beliefs as him, but she would be very good. And she had a lot to bring to the table on her own. Um, you know, in terms of her ideas and her plans, um, that she really seemed like someone who could be a, a very strong running mate. And then she just turns around and pulls some fucking old boomer bullshit, uh, you know, and starts fucking whining like a Karen uh, because she's not getting her own way. And... I can't take it. So I <clears throat> I guess what a, what a part of this was leaning towards 
before we went off on that slight tangent was whether whether you take what what has been has been viewed thus far as um the 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 faces of the the progressive left right Mm -hmm. and you you take bernie you take liz take somebody like aoc right bernie and and elizabeth warren are both in their 70s at this point right AOC, on the other hand, is thirty right now. Oh, and don't, don't don't get me wrong. By all appearances, where she's at right now, um, you know, I think a couple of years' experience under her, and she will be a damn strong contender. Um, and 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 I I, off, I totally it, agree, but I, I'm going it, somewhere with that. Go ahead. You, go ahead. Everything that she is right now in the long term. I will be excited to be behind Absolutely. And and so will I. Um, a, a part of... I, I guess where I'm going with this is... What happened to everything in, in the middle? Because... Well, that's where the Democrats... Well, actually, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's where Gen X lives. <laughs> because Gen X doesn't live. They just kind of sit around and smoke some pot and listen to their, you know, REM records and their Nirvana <laughs> and wear their flannel and don't do fuck all that's good for humanity. That's Don't forget Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. You're, yes, you're right. Any, you know... Fuck Seattle Grunge. Fuck Seattle <laughs> And you know what? I've been, I've been playing Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Fuck Seattle. Ooh, snap, dog. All of Seattle. Fuck it. So, so here's the thing. AOC was born October 13th, 1989. Okay. So number one, and I just want to get this out of the way. We don't have to come back and revisit this at all, but just like Taylor Swift she falls just comfortably in that safe zone for me where my cutoff is the end of the 80s anybody else if you if you're born in the 90s nope out of the question not going near that but she also was born in 1989 See, so we're that's good there we just that's been what... spending all 
fun talking about how great millennials are. <laughs> uh, but I'm not a millennial, so you can call me a piece of shit. That's fine. I thought we, I thought we covered this in our last episode. We're millennials. Uh, not technically. I mean, technically, but not technically. We did. We did. We we talked about it. We covered it. We're just we're right on that cusp. It's just it's so close. But anyway, doesn't matter. All right. So nice to meet you. All right. So because I've had a little bit to drink, As the you um, yep, the maths going on in my head have have taken a little bit longer to process. However, what it would mean is that in November of 2024, she would be 35 years old at that point, which would then make her eligible to become president of the United States. Or, or I'm sorry, it, it would it would allow her to fit the qualifications, right? Because you have to be at least 35. So I, I see this as a realistic reality. Like it could definitely happen. I mean, I, I certainly would be happy with that outcome. I don't think realistically that we're going to get that opportunity. Um, Absolutely not. No, because we're, especially in this country, we're never intended for anything good. We're just, no, no, we are always just destined for the pile of shit. And, you know, at, at this point, I, I have read a couple of different articles that have speculated that if Trump is to lose in November, that he would again be the candidate in 2024 for the Republican Party. And the sad part is, I could absolutely see that happening. Yeah. I totally could. There's nothing left of the Republican Party. Absolutely nothing left. I mean, I feel bad. Like, look, I look at the world and I say, look, I have to balance a budget too, right? With, with my household. And I understand, at least to an extent, not the extent that current Republicans take it, but to an extent, the, the thought of fiscal conservatism, right? Don't spend money that you don't have. Uh, you know, find a way, make sure that everything is paid for and that the, the budget balances at the end of the day. But the truth is, we're like three fucking trillion dollars in debt because the fiscal conservatives are in charge. This is ridiculous. You know, uh, having, we've, you know, consistently had better budgets and lower deficits under Democrats than under Republicans. And a lot of that owes to the fact that Democrats spend on things like um, social safety nets and, you know, uh, 
programs that are designed to prevent issues rather than to reactively deal with with issues, um, which is great. Um, but how Republicans can still call themselves that? They're not fiscally conservative. They're not uh, even, you know, socially conservative. I mean, anyone that's socially conservative would certainly look at this current movement of jackasses wearing fucking Nazi face coverings into supermarkets and say, shoot them, right? Because we fought a fucking war against that. Uh, well, and, and let's be fair. I mean, it wasn't a supermarket. It was a fucking Walmart. So, I mean, oh, well, really, it fit. I don't. I told my wife the other or the earlier today, actually. I told her, I said, look, we're, we're going to go do our shopping, whatever. I said, but if... If we see someone in a Nazi mask, I can't promise that I'm not going to jail. <laughs> well, we had an entire episode of this show that was, you know, talking about Nazis getting punched. It would be one fair. Of these day, one of these days, you're going to get a call from me, and it's going to be like, dude, Ron, I need you to come bail me out because uh, I punched a Nazi. <laughs> that's, what, that's, and, that's just gonna be it right there <laughs> and my response will be where are the nazis i want to go punch them too <laughs> right you can punch them with me <laughs> and, and now i won't feel the least bit bad about it and i i would literally stand up in front of that judge and be like yeah i punched a nazi Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. fucking punched a Nazi and I don't care. Like there, there is room in our discourse for a lot of different viewpoints. And I try to consider myself someone who maintains an open mind, even though I have very strongly held beliefs, I, I try to challenge myself to be someone who is at least open-minded to hear your perspective and to possibly change my perspective if there is a legitimate reason to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, there are two areas that I absolutely will never, ever, like if you come to me and try to talk to me and try to talk to me into one of these things, like as, as being a good idea, I will beat you to death on the spot. And that's Nazis and pedophilia. And right now our country is being led by pedophile Nazis. Wow. The, the worst part is that I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. There, there is nothing to refute or argue against in that sentence whatsoever. There's nothing. I mean, most other things, like, I take a very, a very liberal stand on most things. But I'll debate you. I'll I'll have the argument with you. I'll discuss it. We can we can uh, try to change each other's minds, whatever. And at the end of the day, if you're not a complete asshole, 
we can still shake hands and walk away and I'll be like, guys, a fucking moron, but whatever. I'm moving on with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nazi pedophiles, like you got to draw a line somewhere. And that's like, that's a hard fucking line right there. Well, and, and I think that the, a part of the problem is, is that, you know, it, Nazis are one line pedophiles are another line right but right now we have this overlapping venn diagram of nazi pedophiles no it is it's like you got your chocolate and my peanut butter you know but it's like uh, how did we get here it just it it hurts my brain to think about it it hurts. Yeah. And this is this is what I wrestle with. This is where I sit here and I go, what do you what do you do? Mm-hmm. Yep. And for a long time, I mean when I was okay, so when I was younger, uh, when you were younger, there was this whole uh I like to think of it as the Marilyn Manson wave, okay? There there was that wave in the late 90s. It was maybe like 96 to 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of uh, you know, fuck the system, fuck everything. Um, we're going to do whatever we want the way that we want it and whatever. Um, but it had a very strong, like, this ideology that... that uh, America is trending towards is wrong, right? Um, kind of aspect to it. And the problem is, is that that movement got completely canceled out by juggalos um, and turned into a laughing stock. Um, and then, you know, looking later, uh, you know, the the late 2000s, I'll say even like, like, 2013, 2015, in that area, you've got, you know, Trent Reznor coming out with his, uh, uh, his albums, right? You've got, uh, oh, what was it, Year Zero and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and it seemed like, okay, here's, here's a good resurgence of that ideology. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to put that on him that he necessarily, um, meant any of that because I, I obviously don't know him and I don't know what he means, but uh, the music or the albums at least were, were very anti-war. They were, they were anti the, the entire, uh, you know, invasion into the Middle East. Uh, you know, he came out with that capital G song because fuck Bush, um, you know, uh, there, there was that whole thing and it was like, okay, this could really be like something. It seemed like there was, there was a pocket there of collective conscious, um, especially as it related to the war in Iraq and why the fuck were we there? And, you know, just trying to just being greedy assholes over oil, um, that it seemed like something could really happen. And then it just kind of collapsed and petered out. Um, and I think along the timeline that that was happening, now, if you start to compare the millennial timeline, right, 
you've got kind of the millennial timeline of like, uh, you know, jackass and, and everything happening uh, and then kind of dying out. And now the millennials have, have kind of evolved from that jackass mentality into, I will say kind of, I think in a lot of ways, the mentality that, that we had, or certainly that I had in, in the late nineties, which was, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it other than to say, you know, um, it's more effective to just make fun of the people, uh, you know, and, and to get, um, to raise awareness on your side, right. Um, then, then to go out and, and mount some kind of full on campaign. Right. Um, and I think, I think that's, we're, we're at a point now where that millennial culture is moving past the, uh, you know, we used to hate people. Now we just make fun of them, uh, kind of mentality. And now they're moving towards something that could be real activism. Yeah, and I think that it it's it's not that it necessarily not that it it starts here, but I I think that for for those of us that were on I mean even those that were a part of Gen X Right, but especially those of us in in that trailing end of Gen X into the very earliest of millennials, um, you know that I've heard different terminologies for these the this crossover group, and this is what we've talked about before. You know, those of us that that grew up in a a primarily analog world. Or, or, you know, our early years were spent in that analog world and our, you know, teen years were spent in this evolving digital world. Um, I think a, a lot of that Gen X in, into the beginning of this millennial generation was spent thinking that if if people were just educated about a topic right because a lot of us on the left feel that we are you know at a minimum somewhat educated on different topics right but a, a lot of us went through this sort of you know liberal arts background of critical thinking of, like you said, not just taking uh, a, a subject at face value, but thinking critically about it, analyzing it. And even at, at the end of the day, if if the guy, or let's not be sexist, if the girl, right, like whoever, if, if they're a douchebag, they're a douchebag, right? And... Maybe you talk about things, maybe nobody changes their minds whatsoever, right? But if you're able to have 
a civil conversation about it, try to understand their point of view, where they're coming from. You know, when, so there, there was a point in my life that I had left here. I, and I lived out in New York city. And I remember sitting in a room with, it was probably about 15 other people in this room. And we were all drinking, getting high, having a good time, whatever. And somehow, because uh, this would have been, oh, what, 2004, maybe, right? So, like, right in the height of the Bush era. And we're all just sitting around, having a good time. We're in the midtown New York City, Manhattan, right? And we are just a bunch of young, dumb, full-of-cum liberals, right? Like, we're just sitting around jerking each other off about how great this liberal place is that we live in. Like, oh, this is so awesome. And one guy pipes up, and he goes, well, not everybody here is liberal. And it was like, this deafening, you know, the deafening silence going over the room and, you know, somebody dropping their glass and <gasps> everybody like looking and like kind of that gasp and look over and everybody's like, what? Huh? Come again? What? What's going on? And I can tell you that <clears throat> what transpired over the next probably hour and a half to two hours was one of the most interesting conversations that I've ever had in my life because it, number one it it and it was I mean it wasn't even it wasn't a one-on-one -on -one conversation right like this is 15 people interrogating this one guy who had all of these completely different viewpoints from what the majority of us sitting in that little circle, like we all just held as essentially absolute truths, right? Because that's, you know, at, at least right. Common knowledge or common sense, right? To us, it's like, it wasn't common sense to be a conservative because if you were a conservative, you had no common sense, right? Like, all you did was thump the Bible and that was it, right? Right. But I, you know, I, and the thing is, we became great friends. And it, it had absolutely zero to do with any sort of personal or political philosophy, right? It had to do with the fact that we were able to sit down, talk about something, right? And it it didn't matter. Like, it could have been politics, but it could have been sports ball, you know? It, it could have been, what was the latest thing to debut on Broadway? Or did you see how, like, trashy MTVs got? Or, like, whatever it was, right? When it, when it got to those things that for a lot of people, it would end up dividing them apart, right? Because 
oh, you're just some dumb, you know, pot-smoking hippie liberal, right? And you just want to have handouts for everybody. And oh no, but you're the you're the fucking right-wing Bible-thumping conservatism, you know, or you know, that's like it it never got to that point. Right? And because of that, being able to actually have a human conversation with somebody, and at the end of the day, I don't think I ever changed any of his viewpoints, and he certainly didn't change any of mine. It it gave me some insight into the way that at least conservatives of that time thought, right? Like, who the fuck knows now? But Well, they don't think now. They, they don't. Let's be honest. It's- but it 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 was something that when i moved out there and i had this view of this liberal utopia and that certainly nobody in a city full of 8 million people could possibly be conservative right like Every single New Yorker is liberal, right? Oh, fuck no, dude. I was, like I said, I was young, I was dumb, and I was full of cum. But you obviously never visited Trump Tower. uh, Well, no, actually, yeah, I never did visit when I lived out there. Um, I had visited once when when I was out there vacationing. Um, but that's a whole different thing. I'm not even going to get into that. I don't, I mean, my key experience in New York was, uh, you know, I went out there for a business trip and the trip was whatever. Um, and then being stuck in LaGuardia overnight. Um, and fuck that. Fuck that. Um, that was enough for me to be like, all of New York can be burned to the ground. Um, and you know what? I'm sure that if anyone ever listens to this, someone will be like, man, that's a little harsh. Go spend a night in fucking LaGuardia. Go do it. I dare you. Yeah. Well, the only thing I'll say to that is at least, at least it wasn't Newark. I I will agree that LaGuardia is pretty fucking bad. Um, But uh, Newark is like, uh, it's like Donald Trump taking a shit on Sean Hannity's chest while... Steve Mnuchin and um, Ivanka are like smearing it around their bodies as well. Uh, while Jared is just sitting in the corner filming the whole thing and like pretending to whack off because he can't actually get hard anymore. And so he's, He's just got to, like, strap on, uh, you know, a fake one and, like, stroke that to make it seem like he's actually got something on. I mean, 
I was with you until mm-hmm. you brought Mnuchin into it. And oh, I got to say, Steve Mnuchin would never touch Donald Trump's shit because it's too brown for him. 